Amen. Wasn't that great? Stan and Mark and Gary and Phil, thank you for sharing that beautiful song. And may, may it be so, right? There's going to be a revival in the land. And revival has to come person by person, doesn't it? In the hearts of believers and then spreading out from believers to affect the whole land. That's happened before in America, and it can happen again, and we pray that it will. Let's look at Psalm 119. We continue to work our way through this uh, longest chapter in all the Bible, the 119th Psalm, and we come to verses 33 to 40, which, which is based off of the Hebrew letter Het. And uh, as we've said, this psalm is organized uh, into stanzas. There's one stanza for each of the 22 Hebrew letters of their alphabet. And each line of each uh, stanza uh, corresponds to that letter of the alphabet. Now, as we've said, we don't really see that in our English language but this is an incredibly constructed psalm. It is a work of art. And, of course, it's also inspired by God. And we know that he has something here to tell us. The entire psalm is really focused on the word of God itself. And uh, last week and now this particular section, it really talks about revival. It even uses the word, revive me. And so tonight, we're going to focus on this passage from the perspective of God's path to personal revival. And that's really how revival must come. It has to come in your life and in my life. Uh, it's not something that can be done for somebody else. And that's really the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God's Spirit to bring revival to the life of the believer. And I think we have here a good outline of how he works to revive and to renew us as we follow Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit is not mentioned by name in this stanza, in this passage, but it really is all about him because the things that the psalmist asks for can only be produced in us by the power of God's Spirit. It's God's Holy Spirit that does the things that the psalmist asks for and that will produce revival. The word for revive occurs twice in this passage, and it's one of the petitions, one of the things the psalmist asks for. And this word involves an infusion of new life is what is uh, meant by the word revive. And we know only the Holy Spirit uh, living within us can produce that kind of work in us, can renew us, can lead us, can guide us. And so as we look at these verses, think about how the Holy Spirit at work in your life and mine can produce these if we give ourselves over to his control. Look at verse 33. The psalmist says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. 
Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Turn away my reproach which I dread for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. He first says in verses 33 and 34, he's asking for understanding. Only the Holy Spirit can illuminate the Word of God in our hearts. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. And then verse 34, give me understanding. This is a request for illumination. It's like the you go into a dark place, you turn the light on because you want to be able to see clearly. The psalmist is asking God to turn on the light of understanding so that we can understand his word. This is one of the things that sets apart uh, the Christian faith. Most of the religions of the world are not interested in understanding. They may even have a holy book such as the Koran the Muslims have. Understanding is not important to them. The blessing, it comes from the repeating of the Arabic language of the Koran. They don't even think it's the Koran if it's not in Arabic. And so you have the ridiculous situation where we live for eight years in Indonesia. Most Indonesians don't speak Arabic, but they memorize the Koran in Arabic and they don't even know what they're saying. But it's not important to know what they're saying in their mind. It's just the repeating of the words that matters to them. And of course, Satan crafts that sort of ideology and false religion in such a way that it keeps people in darkness. He loves that. He doesn't want people to understand anything. He wants to keep people in darkness. But God wants people to have understanding. We take the Bible and we commend it to people. We give it to people. We offer it to people because we want people not only to read the Word of God, we want them to read it in their own language because we want them to understand it. We want them to understand the Bible because it's through the power of the Word of God that people's lives are changed. And so the psalmist is saying, give me understanding. And that is what we want. We want everybody to understand what the Bible teaches about the love of God, the power of God, the forgiveness of God, so that everyone can come to the knowledge of the truth. And this psalmist is crying out, and this is what the work of the Holy Spirit is. Didn't Jesus say that when the Spirit comes he will guide you into all truth and so it is the holy spirit that illuminates the understanding of god's word in our hearts so that we can be able to grasp what god has done for us and what he wants for our lives as one writer has said it is of little value to have sight 
without insight. And the Holy Spirit gives us insight into what the Bible is saying. The psalmist asked the Lord to give him understanding. And we see this throughout this psalm. Five or six places in this very psalm. We'll see it again. And so what the psalmist is really asking for is what we call illumination. The Holy Spirit enlightening God's people to comprehend the written word of God. And only the Spirit of God can do that. A French commentator, writer said, The word of God is the only power that can subdue the rebellion of our heart. There is a power in our fallen nature which revolts against divine truth and which nothing human can overcome. No teaching of man will do it, not even that of father and mother. The teaching of the church and of the most beloved pastors alone will not do it, nor time-worn tradition, which is the teaching of the ages. All this is as powerless as the slenderest thread to lift the weight which presses us down. To make the kingdom of God enter our hearts, we need a battering ram that can overthrow the strongest walls, and that ram is the word of God. And so the Spirit takes the truth of God's Word and uses it to break down all of the darkness and all of the false beliefs and understanding and illuminate for us the truth of who God is, what Jesus has done for us, and how we can live for Him. The psalmist also is asking for help to obey God's word, not just to have understanding, but to be obedient. Verse 35 and 36, make me walk. The word walk in the Bible is often used for our way of living, the course of our life. And so the psalmist is saying, make me walk in the paths of your commandments. So to take the commandment of God, the word of God, and it become practical in our lives that we're actually living it out. We're walking according to his word. For I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. This is really a request for transformation, spiritual transformation. He, he, he has said that he needs help with instruction and illumination to be able to understand God's word but that really does not matter in the long run without transformation as God takes our lives and actually transforms us that we are then living out the truth of God's word we take in the word of God we understand it but then he wants us to live it out that is what he's at work to do in your life and mine and he's still working on us, isn't he? Now, the moment you receive Christ, you're saved, saved forever from your sin. But then the rest of your life, the rest of my life, God is at work in us to make us all that he wants us to be, to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And someday we'll be like him, the Bible says, when we step into heaven. And so he's at work that he might live through us. The psalmist says, help me to walk in your way. 
Thomas Manton wrote, the psalmist in, the, in these verses had begged for light and now for strength to walk according to this light. We need not only light to know our way, but a heart to walk in it. Direction is necessary because of the blindness of our minds. And the effectual impulses of grace are necessary because of the weakness of our hearts. And so God, by his spirit, can help us to walk in his way. But that happens because we've been transformed. We have been changed by the power of God's word and God's spirit. And then in verse 37, turn away from worthless things. He's asking for help to know how to prioritize life and to put value on what really matters. Look at verse 37. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. What a great way to say it. What a statement. Lord, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. I think the, the King James says vain things. The word vain meaning worthless. Things that have no lasting value. The word literally means things that are hollow, trivial, worthless. No divine or intrinsic worth. Things that are opposed to God and morally evil. Turn away my eyes from worthless things. Doesn't that describe a whole lot that is in this world? So much of it. And so God wants us by his spirit and power to be able to put value on what really matters, what he values, what has genuine worth, eternal worth, and eternal value. He doesn't want, the psalmist did not want to be attracted to things that were of no eternal value. And he's asking God for help. And God will do that as he revives us, as he makes us in our heart and mind think like him, become more like him. Then we will begin to embrace what he embraces. Doesn't the scripture say in the New Testament the mind of Christ, we are to have the mind of Christ. And that happens by the Spirit of Christ living within us. So really this is a prayer that God would give him the power to resist temptation and instead embrace what God values. And so the request that we have seen, teach me, illumine me, transform me, incline my heart, turn my eyes away. This is what he's asking for. And this is the path to revival in our lives. As we make this our heart's desire. And only by God's spirit can it happen. Why, why does the psalmist say, teach me? Because he's ignorant and he knows it. Apart from God's truth apart from God's help why does he say give me understanding because he doesn't comprehend or have discernment the way that God does we need God's help why does he say help me walk or make me walk because he knows he can't walk on his own 
Why does he say incline my heart? Because he knows his heart is not naturally inclined to obedience and to good. Turn my eyes away from vanity or from worthless things. Why? Because he knows his eyes are naturally drawn to what is empty and fruitless in life. And so he's asking God to help him. It takes this kind of humility. When we look at ourselves in the light of God's word, we have to be willing to say, God, I know, I know who I am and I know who you are. And I can't do this without you. I need your help. And God's spirit living within us will help us if we want to be faithful to him. David Jeremiah wrote about these verses. These are the prayers of a righteous man. He doesn't pray these things because he's unsaved. But he prays these things because he is saved. And his flesh, it still craves ungodly things. He is saved by grace, but he is still in the fight against sin. And the same is still true of us. If you are fighting against sin, it is almost always because you are saved. Those who aren't saved don't pray this way. They want to be freed from the consequences of sin, but they don't care about being transformed by God. From the inside out. I thought that was. A very. Insightful take. On these verses. Sometimes people. When they are struggling. Against sin in their life. As a Christian. They begin to doubt their own salvation. And what David Jeremiah is saying. Is the very fact. That you want to be faithful to God. And you have a desire to. To struggle against what is evil and embrace the holiness of God. That in and of itself becomes a proof of your relationship to God. Because otherwise, why would you even want to be faithful to him? God knows that we're all strugglers. He saved us by his grace. And he will help us as we seek to become more and more like him. He'll help us. He'll revive us and renew us. And so if you're struggling against sin, this is a word of hope, a word of assurance, and it's a pathway to revival in your life, to embrace what this psalmist cries out to God for. When he says establish, there in verse 38, establish your word to your servant. The phrase likely means something like make me realize your promises establish your word in my heart meaning make me embrace it help me to trust that what you have said is true that these promises are for me trust the word of god he's called on us to follow him and we have to trust him without any doubt or reservation. And even when we do have doubts, God is big enough to handle those. But you can trust him because he is faithful. And the final verses, verses 39 and 40, seek his righteousness. These verses kind of remind me of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
and all these things will be added unto you. Verse 39, turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. He knew that his own righteousness was no righteousness at all. And when we come to that understanding, then we'll really seek the righteousness of God because that's the only righteousness there is, the righteousness of Christ. And so when we have Christ living within us, his righteousness becomes our righteousness. We are clothed in his righteousness. And this is what the psalmist is seeking for. Now, we're blessed to have a more full understanding than the psalmist did, the man who wrote this psalm, of the kind of work of salvation that God was going to do. We, we know that it is complete in Jesus Christ. And so we are so blessed when we embrace Christ and his righteousness is within us, then we can live in that righteousness. The psalmist is longing for God's precepts, for the righteous laws of God. And he's desiring that these laws, because they are righteous, would come to characterize his very life. But we know that Jesus now has fulfilled the law and gone beyond it in order to bring to us salvation, his grace and mercy. Life comes through the righteousness of God. He is holy. And the only way that we can live forever in his presence is that we become compatible with him. And he makes us that way by clothing us in his righteousness. And the psalmist is saying, revive me in your righteousness. And that's exactly what the power of God can do. And so spiritual life, comes only through the righteousness of God. That's why it's so sad to see people spending their whole life trying to create their own righteousness through what they do, never coming to understand or embrace the reality that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags, but the righteousness of Christ is available to all who will receive him. He will forgive us and cleanse us and he will make, it, make us just as if we had never sinned. And so when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ in us, not our sinfulness. It's not something we produce. It's something only God can give us and he will give it to us. Revive me in your righteousness. May we seek to follow this pathway of personal revival to pray the way the psalmist did and when we seek that i have no doubt that god will give us his blessing will you pray with me we thank you lord for your word we always feel like we've only scratched the surface of the depth and breadth of what you have to say here but we pray that you'll impress upon us your love for us, and your desire that we be righteous in your righteousness, that we be clothed with your power and love.
And only through Jesus Christ is that possible. If there's someone here, Lord, tonight who does not know you, we pray they'll give their life to you. Receive Jesus as their Savior. And if there are Christians, Lord, who are struggling, help us, Lord, to embrace you and to trust you and to know that you can revive us and make us what you want us to be. In this time of invitation now, you lead us. And Lord, if there are decisions we need to make now, help us to be obedient to you. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing.